I'm Angela. I'm Naomi, and welcome to Queerly Yours. We are two queer, polyamorous folks who have often been asked for relationship advice by friends, so we decided to put our insights on the internet. This is a podcast about how we have built our relationship over time, and how you can build yours too. And I'm really excited about what we've got on the docket today. We're doing something a little bit different. We've talked a lot in the past about how we're here running a relationship podcast not because we're in any way magical experts with universal knowledge, but because we're people who like talking and thinking about relationships and how we in particular do relationships and the sort of strategies and things out of our lives that we hope can be useful to other people. So for today's episode, we did a little bit of a almost a community question of sorts. I'm, I'm not sure what we're going to call this episode style because we might try it again in future. But essentially what we did was we thought of a question where we thought other people could provide useful input from their own lives. And I posted to Facebook and Twitter and got some really substantial Facebook responses, both from my personal feed and also from the Mabim Bambino podcasters group. So thank you folks in there. Um, That's a subgroup of podcasters, many of whom got into podcasting because they were initially familiar with and fans of uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me. Uh, And the question that I asked people was, if you could give some kind of relationship advice to your teenage self, what advice would you want to give? And we got a lot of responses. A ridiculous amount. A really, a really delightful, ridiculous amount of responses. As in, to the extent that we literally had to spend a good 20, 30 minutes categorizing all of the responses that we got into different things that we wanted to talk about, or at least try and do our usual gab and gab and gab and gab and gab kind of approach where we eventually get to some big insights after it's just us talking. Yeah, this might be a little bit more organized than some of our episodes. <laughs> We've sort of talked through the potential framing of it because there were some big themes. And so even though it was people responding from a range of backgrounds, one chunk of the responses are people that we personally know and another chunk are people that we primarily don't know, but who are also podcasters. Um, and we got some really sweet and lovely stuff. And I it was really cozy. And it felt really good to read all of those things. It felt like people sending good energy back in time towards their teen selves. So before we get into those categories, hun, uh, do we want to each share a little bit about what our own advice might be to our teenage selves? Yeah, I feel like that's probably a good way to go about it. Because uh, probably if we're going to be asking a community-based question, we should also be willing to try and answer it as best we can. (laughs) Otherwise, we're asking a lot of folks that we uh, to do something that we ourselves aren't, you know, willing to do. And sometimes it's okay, but for this kind of thing, it's probably best that we try and answer it ourselves. Also, it's fun. We're certainly people who like talking about and reflecting on relationships. If we didn't, we would not be running this podcast. I feel like you could just cut that off at we're people who like talking and would (laughs) also be accurate. True. I mean, but right now we're running a relationship podcast. When we someday have multiple podcasts, maybe I'll generalize it to people who like talking. I mean, that's, that's very true. It wouldn't be very hard for us to talk about the things we care about in detail or for an absurdly long amount of time. We are very practiced at that. Um, so yeah, Han, do you want to share some of the things that you thought about that you'd like to send back in time to your teen self? Yeah. Um, so for anyone who does not know me, uh, it's probably not that shocking for in terms of how it relates to other people's experience. And that high school was kind of rough. Uh, teenage young, teenage dumb was uh, difficult for a lot of different reasons. A lot of uh, things related to previous abuse and trauma. And also just I had a lot of really shitty friends. And like really unpleasant people who stuck around as friends uh, throughout teenagedom. And I feel like probably some of the best advice I could give my previous younger self would be something along the lines of like, don't feel like 
you have to try and hold on to friendships whose whole foundation is based around mutual derision of one another. It's actually probably a lot better in the long run to try and find relationships and friendships that are built off of, you know, a sense of care for one another, mutual like empowering of one's interests and just growth. Because I feel like there's a lot of elements of what I remember about high school in particular, because I was very much like a school and studies focused kind of person and really didn't have too many hobbies outside of music, that um, that was the bulk of my life. And it felt like a lot of my self-definition. And because of that, it felt very hard to actually take the time to realize, you know, the people who are actually giving you attention aren't really great people, or they don't actually seem that interested in building you up. They don't really seem to be openly hostile all the time, but they kind of are every now and then. And that's not really a good foundation for a friendship. That's something that you could probably do without and you could probably make better friends, even if you have to be alone for a bit. And that's okay. It's probably be the second bit of advice is that it's okay to be alone, whether it's relationship wise in a romantic way, or it's just in general, like loneliness is painful, especially if you're someone who is not fond of being alone with your thoughts for too long. But sitting with that and being okay and finding contentment with yourself is fine. There's ultimately nothing lost in doing that and a lot to be gained from just taking care of yourself. I really like all of that. I like that this is how we're we're introing things. I thought a little bit about what I would tell my teenage self. There's a lot of fronts in which I'm proud of my teenage self. They went through a lot of stuff and I think they did their best with the that they had. Um, and I think there were things that I felt like I knew about myself at the time where I was heading in the right direction, but I didn't really know everywhere that things were going to go. Like, I knew I wasn't straight. I was having gender feelings. I was having anxiety-related feelings. But all of those, I've gotten a lot clearer about how to approach over time. So I would definitely tell teenage me, you are more gay and more trans than you think you are, and that's okay. And you're going to find out about that in some really cool and positive ways if you, like, look for people who support you around that. Another thing that I would really try to impart to younger me is that your anxiety may be a distinct and personal experience, but it's also not that unusual an experience. And the more you acknowledge that your anxiety is there, the easier it will be to keep it from affecting your relationships in ways you don't want, and the easier it will be to learn coping tools and use them without shame. Because I knew I was anxious, but I didn't really understand how many things I was experiencing were related to the anxiety that I was holding in my heart, and how that was rippling out into my connections with other people, and how I treated and approached them. I feel like that's really solid advice, hun. That's Well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> I mean, we try and be as best we can good, solid advice. And I feel like there's a lot about what it means to take care of yourself within a lot of that advice. And also, I think for both of ours, they're good touching off points to get into one of the first themes that I think we wanted to devote some time to talking about. Yeah, one of the first themes that really came up when we were uh, going through and sorting these things out uh, were things about friends and interpersonal relationships. Because as y'all already know, um, we're a relationship podcast. That doesn't mean we're about just one kind of relationship. Um, people's connections to and interactions with their friends also matter a whole lot. And especially as a teenager, those are deeply influ influential and often very intense relationships. And so as we go through these, we're going to be talking about things. We're also going to be sharing some direct quotes from people. These are all things that people posted on Facebook, and they listed how they wanted to be credited uh, when we sourced them. So we won't be hyper-specific, but we'll credit people as they wished to be credited, whether that's by name or anonymous. 
And we can really just kind of hop around in this. I don't have a super distinct vision for this, but I feel I feel like one that kind of gets, uh, for starters, to a nice kind of classic teenage energy is this one, which is from someone who has to be credited as either James or the Mighty James, who's very smart and good. Uh, so thank you, the Mighty James. Uh, the Mighty James says, Enjoy the time you have with your friends. You don't have to waste time pining for people that will never want to date you. And also, it is totally okay to just be friends with people. It is not a downgrade. Um, I think that foregrounding of friends can be really important because we're often told culturally that friendship is worth, worth less. And that's part of why we're starting with that as our topic in this relationship advice focused episode. Right. And, and I think it's also important for us to, to highlight that, that we've talked before in previous episodes about the fact that like as, as much as we very, we both as a couple uh, very much love each other and care about one another's well-being, a, a lot of that sort of love and affection and tenderness grows out of the fact that we have a friendship that is very close and we b- try and build each other up and care for one another. Neither of us, I think it's safe to say, would be happy if a separation occurred. I don't think that's something you would be happy about. <laughs> but there is an element to that where we have to be willing to recognize that as a risk in terms of being in relationship with someone in this intentional way. And in that if you don't recognize that, then maybe that means that you're not meant to have that kind of relationship with someone else. But if we were just being friends and needed some space from one another for a bit, that's not bad. Like, that's actually really good. Friends are really awesome. And there's a lot of tenderness and love and affection that friends give each other that really doesn't get recognized a lot when we talk a lot about the kinds of scripts that are available culturally in our society about friendships. There's maybe at times from what I've seen, and and this is very much just personal experience at times, women and like non-binary folk and like queer folk like do develop more affectionate tenderness with one another. But in a lot of normative conceptions of relationships, that's not really a not really a common thread there's just a sense of like well we're either friends or we're dating or we're something and a friend is inherently better than una a friend is inherently less worth in terms of intimacy that a relationship is because a friendship is somehow not a relationship which makes (laughs) at this point in time to me no sense whatsoever yeah if you take anything away from our podcast i feel like i use that phrase a lot but if you take anything away from our podcast friendships are relationships your connections with other people Many of those are relationships, different forms of relationships, but they are relationships and they do matter on that front. That is part of it. I think probably a quote that I really like from the friends section is from uh, someone who wanted to be credited as anonymous. Uh, Friends who like you when you're being most yourself are the ones who will help you grow. Friends you need to impress are mostly not worth impressing. And I would really agree with that kind of one. I feel like it hits the nail on the head of the idea of like, it's really about when we're talking about a lot of things in relationships, like wanting to see each other grow and do well with each other like I know even just from personal experience in therapy and in other contexts in which I've talked to people about even something very personal like boundaries or my own mental health and well-being a lot of that comes back to the room people have given me to just you know be myself or to be cared for or to feel like oh wait I can be this kind of strange nerdy person and folk actually find that endearing or they actually want to engage with me in that way and that's that means a lot when you're younger, and it means even more so when you're older. It super does. I feel like there's an intensity to the importance of friendships when you're in your teens because there's so much of your social world, and you're getting to sort of develop connections with other people in more independently oriented ways where they're not as likely to be mediated by parents or just being made to be around other people. And that's powerful, and it's also really scary sometimes. I feel like kind of building nicely off of a couple of the quotes that we've gotten so far. Another quote about friends that I liked was from Aaron R. 
who says, don't waste your time trying to force friendships with people who don't want to be friends with you. Focus on cultivating friendships with people who enthusiastically accept you, especially if they're weird theater kids. So <laughs> not everyone might aim towards the weird theater kids out of their life, but I think the sentiment of that kind of ties into The Mighty James talking about how you don't have to waste your time putting energy towards people who don't want to date you. You also don't have to waste your time trying to create friendships with people who don't want to be friends. It hurts. It's not easy. But you get to take care of yourself and the way you expend your emotional and social energy. Yeah. Uh, and it's very, it very much goes back to the idea that like there's a sense, at least for, for my personal experience when thinking about that, that is like I had a lot of people who I thought were supposed to be kind of friends just because we had the same classes with one another like for years upon years upon years and it was like shouldn't we be friends and kind of be interested in each other's lives and it was like no we never actually you know talked to one another in detail we didn't share interests knowing what each other needed or cared about it was just sort of we kind of existed in the same space and that was supposed to count as a friendship when really that's that's maybe the most baseline thing it's just they're physically there and even then i have friends who i've never met in person and I've only interacted with in online spaces, and they feel like very close friendships already. So it's it's not saying very much when you have people around you who I guess count you think might count as friends, but you never actually feel like you actually engage with or care about or talk to. Kind of a bummer, actually, now that they say it out loud. Sometimes that's why it's important to talk through these things. It helps add context. It actually zipped us through a lot of the quotes about friends and more swiftly... Then I realized, and I feel like sort of all of these topics will bleed into each other in some different ways. We just sort of sorted the quotes a little bit to help us keep track of some key themes as we were going through them. Because as we noted, friendships are an important kind of relationship. And a lot of times people feel like they're supposed to put up with or settle for something that's really not working for them. So moving forward, we also have a number of really lovely quotes that folks sent us about the nature of relationships and also the process of not settling, of not putting up with things that really aren't working for you and figuring out what to do if you realize that something isn't working. One of the ones I'd love to start with uh, with that is, I've, I've bolded so many things. Uh, one of the most straightforward ones, this comes from Helen, who says, in both friendships and romantic or sexual relationships, you do not have to settle. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to tolerate disrespect. You don't have to bend over backwards to make the other person happy at your own expense. You deserve to have friends and partners who make you feel comfortable being your whole self and who demonstrate loyalty, trustworthiness, and genuine care. And then this part is all in all caps. It is okay to ask for what you want. You deserve to have your needs and wants taken into consideration. And I love that. I feel like it's it's big, but it it's because it goes to a lot of really key, tender, and important places that it's really easy to get into a state where you feel like you don't get to ask for what you want and that you let things just flow in directions that aren't working for you because of that. And I think part of what facilitates that sort of things, uh, things in the relationship, just sort of dr the the overall like health of the relationship just drifts in a direction of like aimlessness and not really centered in any way. And it's like unstable is that there's an element of like just not really feeling like you can communicate about a lot of different things when in reality, that's kind of how you actually start figuring out what you both want out of this relationship and not in the way that it's like, what can I get out of it and obtain like a resource out of someone but just in general like hey do you like these sorts of things in terms of the social things that we do do you like certain hobbies that we both are interested in do you want are there certain things that you want let's say uh sexually or in terms of like arrangement of physical space if you're a couple let's say who's living together physically there's a lot of different things that when it comes to relationships when it comes to friendships it comes down to very much like there's not often an encouragement 
to actually try and talk about a lot of this. There's just a sense in a lot of the narratives that we have that you all you're supposed to kind of know, like after you're in whatever it means to be a relationship. Sometimes it's just, well, we're in a relationship, we didn't talk about it. There's a lot of these different things in terms of your own personal needs and in terms of what your partner might need or your partners or your friends, just really anyone you're involved in relationship that it comes down to needing to talk to them. And there's not really a lot of that. Uh, I want to see other people. I don't want to see other people. Um, I want to have these kinds of boundaries around emotions or talking about certain subjects or, hey, I only want to do these kinds of hobbies with you. I want to have my own space or I'm okay with not needing as much space. And it's okay for that to be a thing. It's okay to actually state here are some boundaries, terrible things that have happened in your life. And here are also some really positive things where you're like, I like this happening. I like having these things uh, with a partner or I like being with them in this way. That's okay. Yeah, it's absolutely okay to bring up that you want certain things. And I feel like another one that builds off of that, and this comes to us from an anonymous uh, quote, quoted person, is, this feels ridiculous to be upset about, so I'm not going to bring it up, is a dangerous mindset that eats away at the foundation of relationships until one day you can't take it anymore. You can always talk about those things in a productive way, and if they don't take you seriously when you bring it up, that's not on you. That concept that you're just supposed to know what to do in a relationship i know that we have ran i at least have specifically i believe ranted about that quite eloquently i might add thank you and i feel like the concept of not talking about what bothers you because it feels silly to be upset that's totally real that's a big thing that happens i'm not going to claim that i've never been caught in that conceptual trap too but it's an important one to notice and especially if that's something that you can learn to notice in your teens that's really powerful and important. And if you didn't internalize that then, hey, we've got an amazing wave of people reminding us all of that now, that if something is upsetting you, that that's important. It means that something is affecting you and your relationship. And that means that it's worth giving some attention to so that you can figure out a useful way to address it. And really, like, sort of the like extension of a lot of the things that we're saying is that also gets to another quote that I really like, too, that's that comes from uh, another person who wanted to remain anonymous so along two different fronts. One, which is don't really use relationships as a coping mechanism, which can mean something as simple as like, you don't have to think of your own needs and your concerns that maybe you need to take some time away from people to work on as something that aren't worth talking about. Sometimes you can just find out in a relationship, hey, I'd love to be with this person. I'd love to like have this time and place and, and spend this energy and direct this energy towards them. But it maybe isn't the right time. And that's a really unfortunate thing to find out that maybe you're just both or all of you who are involved aren't in a place to try and be together in the way you'd like to be. But that's okay. If it comes down to realizing that you need to take some time away and work on yourself for a bit, that's all right. People giving you some form of attention or care doesn't automatically mean they have to be the people that you get into a more serious or intimate relationship with. Sometimes the baseline that you have and realize that maybe can have been fostered by settling all of this time and minimizing yourself, the baseline of someone cares about you or just treats you nicely, that for a lot of folk, that can be hard to realize that that hasn't been their baseline to expect that. But it's okay to move away from where you've been before to have that be the case so that you know, caring about each other, having someone who's there for you, whether a friend or romantic partner, that's okay to have. That can just be a baseline for you. That can just be a starting point for friendship. You don't have to treat that as something so rare and impossible to happen that you have to latch onto it and hold onto it for dear life. It can just be something new that you work out and figure out for yourself. Yeah, another chunk of that that same quote by that same person that Angela's been paraphrasing really beautifully is 
Don't feel obligated to stick it out just because they're the only person you've been in love with so far. They will not be the only person who will ever love you. And also, check in with yourself to see if you're actively staying in an icky relationship because you dislike yourself so much that you believe you deserve to be miserable. There are multiple kinds of loops and emotive traps that people can put themselves in, imagining that this is as good as it's going to get, or this is the best that you deserve, even if something isn't working, and ending up feeling really stuck and not having a strong sense of how to envision getting out of that place. I feel like that actually transitions really well into like the third topic when we're talking about the third sort of theme or organizing sort of point that we have for all of this, because we've talked about a lot of the like positive things in a lot of ways of like growing, trying not to minimize yourself and that friendships and relationships have so many components that can foster like growth in yourself. And that a lot of the, some of the key takeaways we might be talking about involve like, don't minimize yourself. You're actually worth it. But uh, it, we would be remiss if we were to not also mention what not allowing yourself to have room in relationships to, you know, be your full self, to have friendships that show, that have elements of growth for one another and care. We would be remiss if we forgot to mention some of the negative components of that that can come out of, like, not really taking care of yourself or taking care of each other in a relationship in terms of toxicity that can come up in a relationship in terms of what you believe about yourself or believe about others and how they treat you. Yeah, there's some really, uh, really notable quotes around that. There were not as many quotes that were specifically about toxic and dangerous relationships. Um, it's not something where that's an inevitability of teenagerhood, but it's definitely something that happens um, and that happens to a lot of folks at many points in life. And especially when you're young, it can be harder to contextualize in a way that helps you figure out what to do about what's going on. Um, one brief but notable quote that I really liked was from Elizabeth N. who said, Stop giving people second chances who refuse to change their behavior. When people show you who they are, essentially, listen to that and believe that. If you are trying to forgive people, but they're not doing anything actionable to change, that's a message that's important information, too. And you can use that and act on that in evaluating what is safe and okay for you. Um, and connected to that, uh, toxicity doesn't just come from intentional like intimate or romantic relationships not everyone grows up in a family space that's safe for them um there was uh one one commenter who wrote wrote a lot of things including some elements about how to process realizing that there are people in your family who are going to make life really hard for you and that that can be really scary and painful uh but uh, jeff r said i know it's hard but sometimes bad things happen and the people who should protect you won't but he then went on to share a lot of things about the ways that there have been positives in his life and there has gotten to be growth out of that and that also that he found the people in his family who were okay to stay close to and that there wasn't there wasn't a total lack of support but it was important to realize that family could be a source of danger and to acknowledge and understand that and that it's survivable it's it's brutal but it's survivable yeah and i i would also add to that from my personal experience as i said before and i think i've mentioned in some ways in previous episodes but we'll definitely bring up in this episode that like i had friends who i very much thought were like they would be there for me in critical moments but for the most part like kind of belittled my interests my hobbies my overall well-being i've had family who's been kind of toxic for uh, through a lot of different behaviors where they don't really seem like they change and there's a lot of components to that but a lot of it has been kind of realizing that it's like i still matter in all this and that's a really difficult thing sometimes when your environment or a lot of the sources around you are your examples for friendships that you have, whether in a larger scale or just in your everyday life, have been pretty negative or have just been ones that have rested on foundations of 
you should be minimized, you should be less than, you should treat your own interests and well-beings as not compatible or not worth the same amount as other people's. And that's a lot of harsh things to unlearn, but it, it's well worth it to take the time and realize that some people aren't going to be there for you in the ways that actually are good for your growth, that some people can be really pleasant and amazing in some moments, but that doesn't excuse the moments where they're terrible people towards you or that they are acting abusive or that in general they might think less of you or create an environment where you think less of yourself, that no matter what good they're doing, if the consistent baseline with them is just you are less than no matter how good they've been to you no matter how much of the and i'll throw in that sort of terminology that i know a lot of survivors of abuse have talked about like what however long the honeymoon period lasts that whole period of that person being nice or watching out for you or maybe having been a good friend that doesn't excuse the rest of them being a shitty person and being a shitty friend or partner and you are very much worth more than just having to settle for a baseline of well, they give me attention and sometimes care about me, even if they hurt me the rest of the time, that should be enough, right? And that doesn't have to be the case. It's okay for that to not, you to not be okay with that being the baseline. Absolutely. I feel like there's a quote that kind of bridges a lot of these concepts and the one that we want to roll towards with our final section of quotes. And uh, that is, I believe this is another, another anonymous one. Um, stop having imbalanced relationships in which you are the more nurturing one. Um, you need to get what you give, and if people aren't willing to step up, they can fuck off. So that's a very straightforwardly phrased one, but I feel like it also does get to some key points. You don't have to have a like hyper-intense balance in a relationship where everything that you give, you feel like you're receiving the exact parallel because people are people with a lot of their own dimensions. But if it feels like you are pouring a bunch of your love and nurturance and energy into someone and they're not acknowledging and engaging with that in a way that makes you also feel nurtured and supported and loved, then that's something that's really, really important to notice and to know. Because there are people who are comfortable draining others without acknowledging that it's happening, without engaging in what that means, and who think that you owe them, even if it's something that's being done to the detriment of your own safety. But that brings us towards uh, kind of the key well, I was going to say in two other ways of putting it uh, to sort of close off that section as well are one, a, a bit of advice to give to pretty much anyone who's especially, especially like women of color, like women of color, trans folk, non-binary folk, especially of color and disabled, for anyone who's dealt with multiple dimensions of identity where they've been oppressed along those dimensions, you don't have to be the builder all the time. It can feel like because of how much society structured to make you be that way that you have to keep doing that. It's okay to be caring. It's okay to want to build with other people. But you don't have to be the one building everything and fixing everything because that's not what you are here in this world to do. And probably my, to be uh, put on my poet hat for but a moment, uh, the eloquent way I can put this as well is don't try, try your best in your life if you can, I'd say. If I have any like direct advice to give to folks listening, don't try and find people in your life who treat you like a reservoir of resources to just drain at their will and fancy. Find people who think of you more like seedlings that need tenderness, care to sprout and grow and develop in ways that they can't even imagine. Because really, those are the kind of people who are probably going to stick out in the long run and understand when you need time to grow and take care of yourself and who want to see the best parts of you 
flourish and emerge in ways that are wonderful beyond imagination. Yeah, folks who will support. A lot of people gave really sweet advice for how to try to be kind to yourself and nurture and support yourself. And kind of in connection to the poetic phrasing that Angela put out there, um, Liz Z said, you cannot solve every other person's problems. That is not your job, and it is not fair for people to put that pressure on you. On the flip side, it is okay for you to ask help from others. You do not need to figure everything out on your own. I feel like that's a really powerful demonstration of that balance. It's okay to need support to grow, and it's also okay to acknowledge your limits. You can find mutually supportive balances with other people. Moments of rest are important. Moments of just slowing down and not taking the world at a high pace intensity. It's part of, at least in my life, some of the sort of queer and disabled approaches to living and relationships that have made the kinds of friendships that I've been able to develop in my life all the much better. That there's so much of a desire to just break ourselves to the point of we're all just shattered kind of people who are looking to have other folks pieces back together when taking care of yourself and rebuilding yourself is a very personal thing but you can rely on other people to help like find the pieces of yourself that aren't looking so well and help put them back together and none of that ever has to mean that people that you think of yourself or that other people think of you as broken needing fixing that's not the point of like relationships and taking care of yourself. It's more people see the wondrous sort of in-progress work of art that you are becoming. And folks who really love you, who I would say really love and care about you, know that sometimes you need additional materials to make to paint on the canvas. Sometimes you need extra brushes. Sometimes you need time to just be like, I need three weeks away from this project and not be around any of this that reminds me of that. People can be tender and sweet with you. And none of that has to mean that you have to think of yourself as people taking care of a burden or anything like that. It can just mean people care about you. That's it. They want to be there for you. They want to devote their time to you. And they want to see you become a really rad, awesome person, which you already are. But they want to see that become even more awesome. I love that. That's going in the cool relationship metaphor bank (laughs) alongside the don't be someone's singular emotional Jenga block. There's so much good stuff there. and. Yeah, the ways of nurturing yourself, there's so many ways that can look and can feel. There's no single way to do it. But acknowledging that you're allowed to have needs and that what you're feeling matters and is part of your experience is really big. One of the quotes we've got here, this is another another nameless one. Learn to love your deepest self. Journal and spend time alone to do this. Once you get to know and love yourself, others will be attracted to you and you will be so much less concerned when who you are seems to threaten someone who has not yet found their inner self. If you find yourself, it doesn't guarantee you're going to get some specific kind of relationship out of it, but it means that it will be harder for you to get pulled in by the negative narratives of people who are trying to look to you to fill in something in them that they have not done for themselves or who want to use you more like a reservoir than to nurture your growth. You have limited time, space, and energy in this world for however much time you you are fortunate enough to be in it. You don't have to devote it to building up people who just want to see you broken down and see you rebuild yourself up for the sake of enjoying you falling again. But some people, whether they mean to do so or not, are, uh, I forget what the term you've used before, Hun, is, is it uh, energy vampires, I think? Is I that the term that you've used before? Hmm? Uh, when we're talking about like some people just seem to just be those kinds of people who like they almost relish just feeding off of other people being drained. 
and just yeah using up all of their time and energy to just fill the, fulfill their needs and never putting in anything back yeah and it's a dynamic that especially we've formatted this around teenagerhood especially when you are less familiar with relationships as a whole i think it's easier to get pulled into that trap um i feel like another another quote that i that i enjoy that relates to that a little bit is uh, from diana who says one your value has nothing to do with your experience two no one knows what they're doing be honest because if you can understand that you are already valuable and that being young and new at things doesn't make you less than doesn't mean you need to depend on someone else to envision what's good or okay that that's important and help can help you acknowledge your own feelings and experiences and also that you're not going to have a perfect vision of how to approach things you're not going to know everything about how to approach things and that's okay too you don't have to know what you're be honest when you don't know what you're doing you don't need to bs your way into something imagining that it's all fine I mean, there's some there's some good formats where sometimes you can fake it to you make it on some fronts, but key emotive relationships, no, not so much. I mean, you can, but it doesn't usually end in a good situation. It usually ends in someone being very tired and someone not realizing why the other person is very tired. <laughs> yeah, it may not lead you in a direction that you're going to find helpful for getting your actual needs met. And I feel like just a lot of folks sent such sweet energy and just messages of like, you're good enough. It's okay to center yourself. It's okay to put yourself first. It's okay to make space for your own feelings and experiences. A lot of messages that come from a place of having had experiences where folks ended up feeling defined by relationships or sort of swallowed up by relationships or like they got into relationships and they didn't necessarily know where that was going to take them, but that it was easy to get pushed or manipulated by other people around what they should be doing or who they should be as a person from partners, from friends, from family expectations. So if you're feeling that kind of push and that kind of tension or realizing in reflection that that was happening, that's a very common loop that folks get into. That's an easy place to land without meaning to. Uh, do you want to do the um, anonymous quote that we thought of as kind of like a nice anchor point for a lot of our philosophies on this? I'll highlight it. Uh, yes, this one, uh, the one that's below yes. our last section. Uh, this one right here where they're indicated. Yes, yes. Sorry. Uh, uh, for, the, for, for all podcast listeners, I am currently trying to gesture on a screen in a Word doc <laughs> while my partner is attempting to helpfully point out that I am, yes, correctly looking in the right spot. Yeah, we've got a shared Google Doc that we filled with all these quotes and then we categorized them and ordered yeah, them so um, we could keep I, track of what was happening. I, I thought that this would be a, a really wonderful and very wise and sort of quote to end this kind of whole conversation on because I think it touches on a lot of the more structural dimensions to what we've been talking about for a lot of the folks listening to this who aren't just who aren't always let's say socially able to mobilize normative structures in their favor or have the likelihood of of making use of different resources socially because of the way society is structured around them and also just very good advice that is worded very eloquently mm -hmm. and uh, the quote that we have from anonymous is your energy is precious and finite, and the world is always trying to steal the energy of women of color, of queers, of minority people. You must protect that energy. Learn to diagnose jealousy and minimization from others early. Never ever be small, but always be strategic. And I feel like that's such a beautiful and wonderful way of putting a lot of different points we've been talking about, because we've touched on communication is really important to things. Taking care of yourself is, in a lot of cases, how you help better take care of others. Finding friendships that are just built on love, tenderness, growth, belief in each other, as opposed to belief in what you can get out of each other. A lot of these different elements and just avoiding the toxicity and abusive tendencies of being in relationship with others. 
a lot of these come out of just really simple things that have profound consequences. Absolutely. I feel like, yeah, that was just a really beautiful anchor point to so many of these ideas. Also, um, I wanted to do a gay postscript because (laughs) there was another subcategory of these messages, which was that a lot of people are way more gay and or trans than they realized they were when they were teenagers. And people sent us some really adorable stuff around that, um, including Hannah L., who said, tell your parents about your girlfriend. They've always always known and they still love you. Can I also say that that same girlfriend is still my girlfriend and we now live together and have plans to get engaged soon. And if 15-year-old me knew that, she would pass out. Not everyone is going to have an experience quite that sweet and charming, but I really wanted to share that one because <laughs> it's a good reminder that that's real too, that there's some really delightful, charming, beautiful potential in the world too. Uh, a couple of other lovely quotes on that front, both from anonymous folks. One is, You are so loved. Your friends are right that you'll be hot when you're older, but you're also hot now. Forever hot, so loved. Um, Celebrate yourself. I, you're not, you didn't, you weren't like secretly ugly at some historical point in your life. We all just look like people and there's no single standard and the social cultural norms are messed up and you're going to be loved by people. When you find community, that's, that's going to bring you a lot of kinds of love. And another favorite, um, most women experience sexual attraction toward men. With the same intensity, you feel it toward women. You're not depraved. You're just gay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like we're 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 laughing and joking about these kinds of things, but really, what we're trying to say in all this, or at least my take on it as well, even for folks who are listening to this, who are at least at this point in time believe themselves to be straight. I mean, after you listen to our podcast, you will no longer be straight. That's the thing we can guarantee. <laughs> That's not our actually. promise. Don't, don't. It's not. It's not. But um. It's not. It's not. It's 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 really okay. Straight is being okay. We have straight friends. Friend? Do we have one? We have more straight? than one straight. I have more oh. than one straight friend. Well, you have more than one straight friend. I don't know yeah. if I do. Anymore. I met some straight people in Seattle. Surprisingly, not many. That that, that funny aside. Um, one of the things as well with thinking about relationships and figuring out like what nurturing yourself means can also include like coming to terms with like, hey, my sexuality might change over time. Especially from like teenage dumb to like just our range of like 25, almost 26. That's weird for us. That's weird for me to say to, that they're going to be 26 soon. I realize that's not that we old. We both but are. I mean, our birthdays are very <laughs> They're relatively like close to one another. It's uh, one of the my favorite things that I remember from talking with someone that gave me a really good insight about like gender and sexuality is that it's still okay even... Like as much as like we might, as I or Naomi might make cracks about like, oh, you know, the straights or like cis people doing cis nonsense and things of that sort, like really the sort of attitude that I would say I have around a lot of that stuff when it comes to sexuality and gender is that if you have an honest conversation with yourself or have deep reflection and realize, yeah, I'm actually, I've tried stuff or like, no, I'm not really interested in trying stuff. I just have a pretty secure sense that I'm straight or I'm cis. I'm okay with that. Like, that's great. That that means you've taken the time to to realize that other people live through the world in various fun, amazing, sometimes strange, and but always lovely and queer ways of presenting themselves, of living their truths. And that's great. And that you found your way back to a spot that maybe you started at. And that's amazing. But that also, especially for folks who might be listening who are younger, it's okay to realize you're like, oh, no, 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 I, I'm not that. There's no way I could be that because everyone has these feelings, right? And it's like... Not a relevant conversation to me. I mean, yeah. Take that time. Let yourself go on that journey. Consider the possibilities. It doesn't mean you have to land in a particular place, but let yourself consider the possibilities because that's. I think that's one of the things that we both want most for everyone is for people to be where they are in their relationships 
intentionally because they like being there and not because they have assumed that they there's something they couldn't possibly be because it's too scary to consider going there. There's there's enough room within the world for us to all create wonderful, like loving, tender, and I would also argue from a political standpoint, just ways of being in the world and living our gen- gender, sexuality, truths. I think there's just far too often a sense that folks, especially when it comes to relationships, but in terms of us just even going through the past, ep- the, all these episodes we've done through this podcast, relationships, picking yourself out, figuring out what it means to live those truths in wonderful ways. It touches on so many different things. And a lot of what we really even have just been talking about this episode are like, is figuring out yourself. It's figuring out how to not think less of yourself and how much you matter when you're with other people, when you're by yourself, when you're just having to think about like, am I, a, am I enough? Am I a good enough person? Some of that will be judgment from other people, but a lot of it comes down to you have to remember you're worth enough and that you're always worth enough when you're in any relationship, whether that's a friendship, an intimate partnership, or something that's in the wibbly-wobbly kind of space. Heck yeah. Also, uh, the one more I had highlighted that we hadn't gotten to that's very brief um, is masturbate. If you're a teenager and you feel like you're not allowed to do that and you've been told that's morally wrong, it's not something that literally everyone needs to do. I'm not going to claim that anything universal, but consider that because it's a good way to get to know how on earth your body works and it is not dangerous. (laughs) It is an okay thing to do, even if you've been told that there's something morally terrifying about it. Um, It's a way to figure out what's going on with you. It helps you figure out what you'd want uh, fun stuff to do with other people if you wanted to involve other people in that. But it's also lovely because you don't have to involve other people. It's yes. A, it's a personal process that you can do safely in your own space. Um, and yeah, I'd also say we're just, we're really grateful to everyone who responded to this question and this prompt. We had a really great time looking through this material, organizing it, noticing themes, reflecting on our own experiences. And I feel like it really illustrated a lot of what we already believe and have tried to enact in this podcast, which is that. There's no one universal experience, but there are things that are relevant across a lot of contexts in our lives. And often it comes down to listening, communicating, paying attention to your own needs, desires, and feelings, paying attention to and listening to other people in your life, noticing who is important to you, nurturing the connections that matter to you. Things that feel like they should be obvious, but in practice can get really scary and complicated and hard. But this knowledge is out there. This is stuff that we gathered in one day through one social media outlet. I certainly wouldn't claim that all relationship advice on the internet is good. Plenty of it is horrible. Very horrible. But this knowledge and experience is out there. And it's not unusual to try to think about and reflect on your relationships and your personal history and what you want in the world. It took one question and something in the range of 50 people (laughs) on two different threads responded to us with their thoughts and feelings about this topic. So there are people out there who want to ask and think about these questions. So I encourage you to reflect on... What would you most like to tell your teenage self if you could go back and give them relationship advice? If something comes up for you that wasn't covered in this episode, think about that. Tell us about it. You can find us both on Twitter. And we're probably going to do some episodes like this in future, not necessarily on this specific question, but throwing things out to our broader audience and community and getting other people's thoughts because we are not out to be singular relationship experts. We're out to be supporters and curators of a positive community of people and we're really glad that we got to talk with all of you about that today and to hear your thoughts these are the kinds of truths that come out when we just ask very simple questions towards folks to give them a chance to reflect and give their input on like what do they wish they had known when they were younger and really 
sometimes you build the best kinds of truths together to work off of and create principles for how to apply to apply to your life from just doing simple things like this. Sometimes folks around you have some of the best advice they could give you. Sometimes they also have some of the worst advice they can give you, but you know, it balances out. We try and curate our, we've tried to curate as best we can and find the things we thought would work, but we're very grateful for everyone who took the time to contribute and for any occasion in the future that we do something similar, I think we will be equally happy when folks contribute to those as well. Absolutely. And if you didn't hear yourself quoted in here, it's not because we didn't like your idea. It's because there were so many quotes. Oh my gosh. 60 quotes. They were still arriving as we were setting up to record. <laughs> so there might be some up that I literally haven't seen yet because Same. they were posted during this past hour. <laughs> but we're really glad that people responded and to have created that format for folks to think about that kind of question. So thanks for being part of our first, I don't know what we'll call it, uh, our community forum, our open question or something. Community forum series post? Community forum, yeah. We'll figure, we'll figure it out. I'll probably put something in the title or description about it. And thank you to all of you. I've been really touched by the response to the Patreon so far. And as always, in the description of this episode, you can find both of us on Twitter if you want to follow and hear more from us or ask us about things related to the podcast. And we also both have Patreons, and we it would mean so much if you would subscribe to them, because we produce this content uh, ad-free, regardless of the fact that we're super not making money off of it right now. Like, very, very fractionally so. So we're grateful to have you as an audience, and we're grateful for the thoughts and the energy that you bring to this help program. Help us pay rent. And please help us pay rent. Um, that would mean it a would lot. would help us get to live with each other sooner. Yeah, we'll produce even cooler relationship content if we get to be in the same place around each other. It will add a new a new layer. We can do episodes about moving, we can be sharing. Yeah, I think that's a good note for us to close out on, huh? Yeah. So, well, I'm Naomi. I'm Angela. And, as always, we are Queerly Yours. Queerly Yours is edited and produced by Naomi Bosch, with intro and outro music by Angela Lemos-Rodrovejo. Mm-hmm.